Live from Hollywood, California, it's The Rick Savage Show. What's going on? It's Rick Savage Show. I'm Rick Savage. Thank you for coming back to this episode. Uh, real quick, you're, if you're listening to this episode, you probably listened to the last episode, but if not... Uh, I played a little clip from my Nas interview, and it was a pretty good show, and uh, the clips online got a little more views than normal, so if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen, but also, or not, just hang out with me here, that's fine, that's fine, I'm in a weird mood, I just ate about a half a pound of ground beef, I made mitza. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's pizza, but it's all meat. There's no crust. Because I'm about that keto life. Keto Guido from Jersey Shore is inspiring. Also, there's a comic named Dean Del Rey. And he used to be super fat. And now he's super skinny. Because uh, he gave up sugar and carbs. So that's basically what I'm doing. I'm not strict keto. I don't even know what that is. I don't really... <laughs> the whole ketosis thing. Like your body goes into this... Osis... Do you think you feel like, do you, is there like a, like a thing that happens and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I must be in ketosis. That's why I like, do you feel stoned all the time? I might be into it if it's like that. I don't think so. The, the beer belly's getting a little smaller. I don't know how long it's going to last. I'm not trying to, to run a marathon or anything. It just, I was getting a little, getting a little chubby again. I was super skinny like four years ago. And then what happens? You lose all that weight. You gain it all back. So now I'm trying to find that happy medium. It's a lifestyle, not a diet, That's <laughs> what they say. So, yeah, I made pizza. Uh, basically, you take I had about two pounds of ground beef, and you mix it up. Uh, I put a couple eggs in there, and then, like, all sorts of spices, oregano, some garlic salt, uh, just regular salt and pepper, a little bit of spicy, you know, red flake to give a little, little bit of a kick. Mix that all up in a pot or in a, in a bowl. I just another manly thing. I finally bought a cast iron. Uh, what, what do you call skillet? You know, a little pan, a little cast iron pan, because every YouTube video I watch on how to make something is always in cast iron. I don't have one. So I went out and bought one. And so uh, so you you pat this this meat patty and then so you throw that in the oven for about 25 minutes. I'm giving you the recipe, evidently, whatever. And then you take it out, and then you put all your toppings and your pepperoni and your cheeses and your sauce, and you put it back in for the 20 minutes. It was pretty good. It was a little too thick, uh, a little too salty. I think it was over-seasoned. I don't think it, I, Gordon wouldn't have liked it if I was on MasterChef. But that's okay. I had one slice, and it was plenty because it was an insane amount of ground beef. But evidently, that's good for you now. I can't keep track of what is healthy and good for you and not. Because I always thought red meat was bad for your heart. But evidently, it's it's okay. Just you don't want to eat too much of it. Your protein should be chicken and fish, they say. But then to be full keto, you have to give up veggies too, which I think is insane. So I I can't do all that shit. I don't I don't want to study this. I don't want to go to a nutritionist. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do anything logical. So I'm just eating a whole bunch of chicken wings, a whole bunch of meat, Brussels sprouts, broccoli. That's my life right now, and that's okay. I'm just. The, I think the biggest thing was no beer and just completely cutting out fast food. Just completely. I haven't hit a drive through in probably two months. That's crazy for me. Do you understand? I'm the dude that would go to KFC like three nights a week. 
not even good fat, not even in and out or Shake Shack. I'm talking like KFC three piece meal with the hot wings or McDonald's Carl's Jr. Like that shit, just three, four, five nights a week. So cutting that out is probably right now. You're all just saying like, yeah, obviously I'm not supposed to eat fast food. You're a grown man. So that was my Sunday night making pizza. My Saturday night, I had a had an experience. Had an experience in the bathroom. This is not another bathroom etiquette rant. I used a, a bath bomb for the first time. I like bubble baths. I'm going to put that out there. I'm not afraid that you know that. If you know me in real life, you already know that. A Rick Savage pastime is definitely having a bubble bath and listening to Tegan and Sarah. Like, that's a quality hour right there. So I see all, all these uh, these girls posting the, the bath bombs on Instagram, which is just a ball. I don't know what it is. It's just a little ball, and uh, and you throw it in the water, and then it makes it a different color. I was a little underwhelmed, to be honest. My expectations are high. You're talking to a bubble bath pro. So I threw in this the blue thing, and it made the water even more blue, and it was kind of softer on my skin. I don't know. It just was whatever. So bath bomb aside, I attempted two things during this experience. One, I had a glass of whiskey with me. Hey, that's a terrible idea in a hot bath. Obviously, I took one sip and I was like, oh, this is not good. This is not going to end well. So I set that aside and continued drinking water. Um, But the second thing, meditated. I don't really have a lot of experience with that. But I like to broaden my horizons. I like to try new things. It was partially inspired by Jimmy Fallon in the strangest way. A couple days ago on the Jimmy Fallon show, Deepak Chopra was a guest. And I know that he kind of is a scam artist or maybe not. I don't know enough about him, but I've definitely heard negative things about... I mean, he's written 74 books or something. Like, we get it. Like, mind and body and becoming one and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But what I thought was interesting was Jimmy had him lead a a guided meditation for Jimmy Fallon and the audience. So everyone closed their eyes and he did his thing. And what was really crazy, I'm going to play it in a second. It was only two minutes long. What was really crazy was I think it's the longest time maybe ever on The Tonight Show where there wasn't a laugh. I don't know if that's ever happened. I mean, maybe when a celebrity goes on The Tonight Show to like confess for doing something or apologize for being racist or something or like like I remember when Hugh Grant what a simpler time we lived in when Hugh Grant didn't he go on the tonight show to apologize for picking up a prostitute I think he went it was like the big feature interview when Leno still hosted because I'm pretty sure he got a prostitute what a simpler time where hiring a lady of the night you have to go on national television and apologize for Oh, the 90s. So so anyway, so check this out. This is Deepak Chopra and Jimmy Fallon. They're meditating. If you're driving right now to work, I know I say that this is an under 30-minute podcast, so it's good for the commute. I, I, don't, don't meditate, you know. Don't close your eyes. But maybe this will be soothing for your drive. If you're at home or if you're at work, go ahead, close your eyes. Do Just go along with it for a second. I know this is maybe kind of crazy for some of you, and maybe some of you love this stuff already, and I sound like an idiot because I'm so new to it, but just check this out. Try, try this for a second. And also pay attention to zero laughter in the studio. 
I would like if you, uh, you agreed to it earlier, but sure. could we could you do a guided med a meditation with yeah. us? Two minutes. Sure. Uh, so would you all uh, put your feet firmly on the ground, keep your hands in your lap, and just uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm very excited about this. This is awesome. <laughs> it's not to be excited; it's to calm down. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I would, get I would get kicked out of this retreat in two seconds. Oh, my God. Get him out of here. I'm going to Close your eyes Close and on. just observe your breath. Just watching the breath without manipulating. Without manipulating it. And you'll see it spontaneously settles down. And now bring your awareness into your heart, right in the middle of your chest. And mentally ask yourself, who am I? Allowing any sensation, image, feeling, or thought to spontaneously come to you. And now ask the question, what do I want? What is my deepest desire? Once again, not looking for an answer. Allowing any sensation, image, feeling, or thought to come to you spontaneously. What is my purpose? Allowing any sensation, image, feeling or thought to come to you. And finally, open the door to abundance consciousness by asking yourself, what am I grateful for? And now just go back to your breathing, observe it, and just rest in being. Existence without interpretation, just being. Being, awareness, joy, this is our true nature. And now you can just feel your body. and slowly open your eyes. That was so cool. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to be... Thank you so much. Thank you. I am so grateful Thank for you. you. Thank you. Thank you for being Thank here. You. Deepak Chopra right here, his latest book, The Healing Self, is available now. I think we just meditated together. I think we just had a shared experience. I don't know how much I buy into that stuff, but I will say that there's been little moments in my life where things have had a huge impact, like little, uh, I mean, I could go down at such a weird tangent right now, but now, nah, you know what? I'll save that for a future episode because it involves another person. I'd like to have him on and we could talk about it together, but it was whatever considered a cliffhanger. Anyways, we just meditated. I listened to that in the bathtub <laughs> back to, Back to the bath bomb. I listened to that in the bathtub, and then I went and found another. There's a million Deepak Chopra clips on YouTube. So I, I spent about 20 minutes or so just meditating in a bathtub. I don't I don't feel all that different, but it was a nice 20 minutes. That dude's voice is crazy relaxing, though. I could hear He could just read, like, the lyrics to Ride the Lightning Metallica, and I would be like, yeah, this is super relaxing. I like it. Watch another episode of Last Chance You tonight on Netflix. That show is so good, especially season three. It's right in my wheelhouse. If you've never watched Last Chance You, it's great. 
the first two seasons uh, were at a community college. I don't remember where they were, but basically it's a football program at this community college and what they kind of specialize in, in addition to recruiting players and, you know, walk-ons and stuff, they find kids that have been kicked out of major Division One schools uh, for, you know, usually disciplinary. I mean, it's always disciplinary stuff. It's like they smoked weed and had five warnings and still got kicked out or they robbed a liquor store or something like they're not the best kids in the world, but it's kind of a second chance or last chance you because that's the name of the fucking show, Rick, obviously. So anyways, this season is in the middle of nowhere, Kansas. They got a coach who grew up in Compton. Although he is a white man, he definitely does not talk like a white man. And he, uh, in fact, one of the recruits was like, yeah, well, we talked on the phone several times. I just thought he was a black dude. But he was the one white kid that played football at Compton High, then wasn't good enough to keep playing. So then he started coaching. He coached in Long Beach, and he's been all over the place. So he ended up in this Kansas University. And boy, oh boy, does this man curse. I, I want to play a drinking game where you take a shot every time he says the F word. But I don't think you'd get drunk. I think you'd just die. Here's a clip. Pack your s***. F- these losing motherfuckers. Frankly, these dudes don't want to practice. The f- out. I don't give a f- who it is. Malik Henry or whoever the f. These motherfuckers don't buy in. Get them out of here. I don't give a f who it is. These motherfuckers, I'm tired of sucking your dicks. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. It's such a great show. Highly recommend. And that coach, Coach Brown, Independence, Kansas is the little town they're in. Independence Community College. ICC Pirates. Go Pirates. An article popped up on my feed the other day about mansplaining. And then, of course, there was 8 million people arguing about it, whether it's real, whether it happens, whether it's a problem, whether it's a something made up, whatever. And, you know, I don't have to deal with that because I'm a dumb white guy. And so, I mean, certainly people talk down to me, but it's in a different context, right? So I never really understood it. And then I started just paying a little bit more attention about Instagram comments. Oh, my God. I don't know how women are on Instagram. I would, I would, you know what? I would just disable all my comments. I think there was a few right in a row. And then the third one really got to me. The first one I saw was, I think anytime a woman does anything athletic on social media, there's 300 comments giving her pointers or tips on how to do it better. I noticed that on a golf swing, some girl posted uh, on Instagram and then like the first fucking comment was like, leave the front foot planted or what? Okay. Annoying, but whatever. Maybe it was a friend. And then I saw another one on some CrossFit account that I follow, like critiquing some girl when she was doing some reverse snatch double under hiccup burpee thing. I don't know what the exercise was. The one that really got to me, there's a girl I follow. Her name is Angela Trimber. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I don't know her in real life. She's here in L.A., and she started a program, club, whatever, called the L.A. Municipal Dance Squad, and it's awesome. It's her and her girlfriends, and they started this, like, dance team, and I'd say the girls are probably, like, mid-20s to mid-30s or something, and it kind of popped up and got a little bit of buzz online, and people wrote articles about it. It's really cool. Like, they throw these camps where... Girls can just come down and dance and be silly and have fun and be free. And it's just like the super 
positive thing. And now they like perform at halftime shows like they've done the Clippers halftime. It's great. It's just it's awesome, awesome thing. And she's a super positive person. Well, karma's kind of fucked up. She was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. So she's been very public about it, raising awareness and what she's going through. And there's a GoFundMe if you want to help her out. I, uh, I threw her a couple bucks. I think you should too. But of course, she posted about this. And there was a comment in her Instagram feed from some dude saying that you could naturally cure cancer and how she should change her diet. It was this long comment going into like, these are the good foods and these are the bad foods, but chemo this and all this stuff about how you can organically cure cancer. So I don't care if you believe that. Maybe that's, I don't know. Maybe that's possible. But the gall of this asshole to comment on her Instagram post. And I think that's a pretty clear mansplaining asshole attitude of like, oh, that sucks you're going through breast cancer, but also uh, just eat more greens. Maybe drink this tea. What? So if you don't think it's real, if you don't think mansplaining is a real thing, that dudes do, maybe subconsciously, maybe innocently enough, go to Instagram comments, go to Twitter responses, and anything that's from a guy, like if you see his little face and that little circle social icon, and then the first line is actually dot, 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 just that's it, that's it. The self-assurance you must have, I'm almost jealous of the confidence that comes with mansplaining. To be that confident, and also that uh, lack of self-awareness that you would tell a girl how to organically cure cancer. Oh, man. Whew. That one got me a little worked up. Either way, Angela Trimber is her name. Uh, I think that's her Instagram account. She's really easy to find if you want to throw a couple bucks to her GoFundMe. She certainly brought a lot of joy and positivity to people. So, um, you know, throw a couple bucks if you can. Oh, let's do a fun one. <laughs> Savage. I'm a 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 savage. I like to wait until they say savage a second time. That's kind of cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to do a little, little bit more positive stuff for the savage of the week. Every now and then we'll go off the deep end and find someone crazy uh, that really puts a different spin on the name. This week, it's positive. It's innocent. It's sweet. Savage of the week goes to Jonah Hill. I don't even know how to explain this. I guess the best thing is to let the clip play. It's another late night clip, actually. Can you tell I'm a fan of late night television programming? I mean, I named my podcast The Rick Savage Show. So insane. Joan Hill was on Jimmy Kimmel. They were promoting his new movie. They also talked a little bit about Jonah Hill Day. I want to ask Not you on. about this Jonah Hill Day, which is a an annual event now in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Now, did, did, how did this happen, first of all? Do you have any idea? I don't know. A year ago... Someone sent me a flyer that these people were doing a, a first annual Jonah Hill Day, and okay. they were throwing a party. All right. And I didn't go. Uh-huh. Even though it was in Brooklyn, I live in New York, because I was too shy. Like, I didn't really get it. Like, I was like, oh, is this a bit? 
You know, like, are they making fun of me? I didn't really right. understand it. And it wasn't on your birthday or anything, was it? No, it was like a random day in the summer, and uh -huh. they threw this party, and it looked fun as hell. <laughs> and it was one of those, like, FOMO things where I was like, man, that would have been cool to go. Like, they would have liked it, but I was just pacing around in my apartment. <laughs> and this year it came about, and I'm kind of in a new, a new wave. And so, like, I was like, you know what? These guys are showing me love. I think it has to do with how I dress. Um, You've become like kind of a fashion icon, haven't you? The, these, these there's a, yeah, people like how I dress, right? Which I think is very flattering, and sure. so it has to do with fashion, I think. Uh huh. And um, these are like, so I thought these were like 16 year old kids. They're like 35 year old men who work at GQ and stuff. Like, <laughs> they're they're adults. You know, I thought they were gonna be like 15. And they show up dressed as you? No, no, no. Like, oh. it's all about like your own style. I see. Um, and this year I was like, you know what? Um, I need to get over my social anxiety, and I went in there and I freaked it. You did. Yeah. I took pictures of people. I put it up and then I freaked it. This is from your Instagram. Yeah. What, no. Which one there's is a, you? There's a cardboard cutout of me, but uh -huh. um, and then there's me. But see, like these are these are grown-ups. You know, like uh, you see, like you know, I thought, yeah, it's cool. I love that clip. Obviously, if you're listening to this, you can't see his face when he's telling the story, but he's so like, like kind of proud or just flattered. He's so excited and a little silly. And I don't know, it just makes me, it makes me feel good. I love Jonah Hill. And it also reminds me, I, uh, I interviewed Jonah Hill once and I screwed up, man. There's a video of it somewhere. I was interviewing him for get him to the Greek. I went to like, they, it was really cool. They had this junket set up. You know, when you see those clips where there's um, some random interviewer guy and then the actor is sitting with the, the, the poster basically for the movie right behind them, that's a junket, right? And they just sit in that chair and then 47 different reporters come through and for three minutes go, what was your inspiration? What was your favorite moment? Oh, you guys are family on the set. That's cute. Great. Next. For the Get Him to Greek junket, it was actually at the Greek theater in Los Angeles. So instead of the backdrop of the actors being just a poster of the film, it was actually the Greek. So it was really cool. So I interviewed Russell Brand, and he was great and super sweet and kind of silly and made fun of me. And But it was like in a good, I don't know, it was just, it was great. So then I had to wait like another hour or two. We were, <laughs> we were waiting for Puff Daddy because Puff was in the movie too. And, uh, you know, he was super late. In fact, I didn't even get time with him. I think he showed up at the very end and did like two interviews and left. Way to go, Puff. So I ended up having to wait about an hour or something to interview Jonah, which was fine. So we're set up in the very back of the amphitheater, right? So if you are if you were at the Greek or any, if you just think of any outdoor venue, think of the worst possible seat you could have to watch the concert. Like if you were in the far back row and the stage was way far down in front of you, that's where we were. But what was cool is the cameras were pointed at us. And so the stage was right behind. It was a really cool scene. So I walk up and I'm a little nervous because I'm a I'm a big Jonah Hill fan and I have interviewed a gazillion artists like all of my interviews have been musicians. Right. So interviewing an actor was just kind of weird and whatever. I walk up. I'm wearing a Motown Records T-shirt like the old Motown record logo. And he looks up and he's like, hey, man, nice shirt. Very sweet. And for whatever reason, like I didn't know how to take the compliment. So I just went, you too. And it sounded like I was insulting his shirt. And then I kind of looked at, I hadn't even looked at what he was wearing. It was just so quick. And then I looked and he was wearing just like a button up, like kind of nerdy, 
like shirt and he was bigger at this time so he was kind of, like it wasn't a flattering look so i just i just came across like such an asshole and he was he just kind of like looked at me and was like uh thanks man and then it was super awkward for the 15 minute interview i asked him a couple questions and then i bounced oh and then i think i i think i insulted him a second time without realizing it we were talking about the movie and then we were talking about the soundtrack because that is a great soundtrack. And obviously music is a big part of the whole storyline. And then so I asked him what else he listens to. Like what music is he a fan of? And the first thing he said was he's a huge fan of Drake. And this was like 2010 Drake. Not 2018 Drake. And, you know, he's not the most credible rapper even now. But 2010, like Drake had a couple songs out couple mixtapes i think one album i think the first record came out in 2010 either way he wasn't it wasn't like he was like i like nwa he was like i like drake and i went really and he went yeah and i was like oh i just wouldn't expect that and he was like yeah i like drake and i was like fuck (laughs) i insulted jonah hill twice and he was nothing but sweet to me oh man i really hope i can interview jonah hill again someday and if i do interview him again I'll at least be able to say one time he was savage of the week. What a fucking savage! All right, should we wrap this thing up? I'm looking through Twitter right now to see if there's anything else I missed. And uh, shockingly, there's only bad things happening on Twitter these days. The old format of this podcast where I just talked about tweets did not age well. A lot of negative. I mean, even some stuff happened tonight that I'm not going to talk about because what does it matter? It'll be gone tomorrow morning. I mean, it does matter, and you should like donate to places like Swing Left, but again, it's for other podcasts to do much better. I was tweeting about Papa John. There's another terrible thing that happened. Like, the pizza guy's super racist, which of course we knew he was super racist. That's not a surprise. But there was like a new resurgence to make little John the CEO of Papa John's. That See, there's an upside to the negativity of racist-ass Papa John's being super racist bring in Lil John let Lil John run the company I'd order their dusty ass pizza again if <laughs> if Lil John was the CEO alright let's wrap this thing up let's get out of here hey I saw a few more ratings popping up and another review trickling in thank you very much if you haven't done it yet uh, please please and thank you it would be great if you left a review on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening to this, or if it's easier for you, we're also on Spotify and Stitcher and Google Play and, I don't know, anywhere else you you probably get podcasts. We try to get it up anywhere. So thanks, tell a friend, all that good stuff. We're going to end a little bit of Otis Redding. Otis Blue, one of my favorite albums of all time. His cover of Satisfaction is excellent. Always puts me in a good mood. I figure that's a nice way to start the week. You know what I mean? Have a good week. I'll talk to you soon. See you later, bye.
better than yesterday isn't for everyone. Keep it up, Peloton! Just one more push isn't for everyone. Being your own role model isn't for everyone. You're crushing it, Peloton! Keep it up! It's not for everyone, but Peloton's for go-getters, everyday heroes, and anyone who really wants it. Learn more about 30-day home trial at OnePeloton.com.